then turn in them to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 is our text tonight. Here we read, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Let's pray. Our Father in God, I thank you that we can gather together tonight, and I pray that those of us who are here, we pray that you'd help us to have our concentration here. <clears throat> that our mind and heart would be on the scriptures and that you would use them in our lives to challenge us and prepare us, Father, for the week ahead, the days ahead, and help us uh, as we know that we have a constant battle that's going on every day and uh, even right now in our midst. And we pray that you'd help us, Lord, to learn tonight uh, some things that can help us and show the importance of watching over our heart. We just commit our study to you with thanksgiving, and in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> well, the title of the message is pretty simple tonight, Guard Your Hearts. And we've had a few breaks again from the book of Proverbs, which usually happens on Sunday nights with interruptions. Where are we? We are still on the study of uh, personal, or personal wisdom is what I wanted to say. Uh, wisdom that applies to us individually, and also wisdom that applies really for everyone. And it is also wisdom, <clears throat> excuse me, that we need on a regular basis. It's something that every day we need. And as we've been talking about personal wisdom, uh, just by way of probably 30-second review, we have looked at Proverbs from the perspective of the fool versus the wise person as the scriptures have presented that. We didn't exhaust it, but we looked at it. And then secondly, we dealt with the subject of lying, uh, in case we've forgotten. And then lastly, the third area that we spent our time on was the improving of our personal well-being. And I dealt specifically with health and longevity in life and what the scriptures have to say about that. And all of those are personal things that we need to apply. Tonight, we come to the beginning of a huge, in my opinion, practical area of our lives. And what is that? It is our heart. It is our mind. It is our thought process. It is the immaterial part of the human being. It is the inner, that which no one else can see but God and ourselves. It is the inner man. And that is important that you understand that as we go through the book of Proverbs in this particular area of study in personal wisdom. Uh, because as we use the word heart, or as it's used in scripture, it is used quite frequently interchangeably with the mind with our thought processes, with our thinking, and with that inner man that I have just referred to, the immaterial part of man. I first want to show you just a couple of verses on this 
And then I'll show you several of how it's used in that sense within the book of Proverbs uh, to start us off. So let me go to a couple of very familiar passages. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4 for just a moment. Hebrews chapter 4 in the New Testament. We're going to talk about guarding something. We need to know what we are talking about. And I've made it clear to you already that it's our mind, it's our thinking, our thought process, the inner man. I find it also interesting we're on this study in the men's meetings on Saturday morning, very similar area. But Hebrews chapter 4 and verse um, 12. Okay, in verse 12 it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit, <clears throat> joints and marrows, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there you see it gets right into the inner man. And it's talking about the thoughts and intentions that are sitting in the heart. That is our thinking. That is our motivation that we're dealing with there. You can see that very clearly. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Our primary focus is Proverbs, but I want you to see a little bit in the New and well, at least one verse in the Old Testament. But Romans 8 and verse 27. I've got a quotation actually going back uh, to, no, that's in the wrong, I was in the wrong spot, excuse me. It is Romans 8, 27. And he, that is God, who searches the hearts. So he's talking about the heart. Now watch. Knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And when he's dealing with that, it's the inner man. It is our thought processes very clearly in the text. And knows the mind of the spirit, whether that's human spirit or Holy Spirit. I don't want to get into that discussion tonight. But there you see it's also able to intercede for the saints. And it's an encouragement to us. Somehow, sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but the Spirit of God is able to get right down into, it says, our heart, but in our thought process. And even when we don't have the words, he's able to make that known unto God. And go with me to one Old Testament passage before we look at Proverbs. 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16 in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, there we read, But the Lord said to Samuel, and I think this makes it clear, it is dealing with the inner man, Do not look on the appearance. This is when all the sons were brought before him. David had not yet gone before Samuel. Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. Explanation. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. He looks at the inner man, not the outward appearance. He gets right into the motivations and the thinking and the mindset and, uh, of, of mankind. So when we're talking about in Proverbs, in our study, and when we are dealing with it, and I am addressing the subject, clearly understand I am not talking about the pump that your cardiovascular 
system is concerned with or that your uh, cardiologist is interested in that pumps the blood through your system. That is not. We use that often freely and sometimes even confuse children when we talk about accepting Jesus Christ into your heart, and even they can see through that. How do I get them in here? And they're dealing with the, the pump and so forth. That is not what we're talking about. We are talking about, when I use the word heart, when we use the word mind, when we're using it in our study in Proverbs, we are talking about that which the only one that can see is God in you. That inner thinking, that mind, that inner man, that motivation. And I want to just see, let you to see a number of verses. This is not all that we will look at. Tonight it is, as far as this particular section. But we will be looking at a number of verses to talk about the heart and the mind and that battle and, Lord willing, how to feed it with good things. But I want you to go to a, a number of verses in Proverbs just to see the use of the word heart there. Go with me to a very familiar passage. Let's start in Proverbs 3. We've been there before. Verse 5. We've seen this verse at least four times in the study of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord, what? With all your heart. That's not your pump. He makes it very clear. Do not lean on your own understanding. It is interchangeable. The inside of us, that's where our thinking is and our understanding rests. And that's where we ought to trust in God, in the very thinking, in the internal man. Chapter 4 of Proverbs. We're just going to bounce over these. Verse 4. Then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Well, this pump cannot hold fast to words, but when he's talking about the heart of the inner man, he's saying hold fast to the teaching, and then he says, keep my commandments and live. With the inner man, with our thinking, we are to cling to the word of God. We are to cling to the instruction, in this case, the father to the son. Let's jump over to chapter 12. There's plenty in between, but let's jump over to chapter 12 of Proverbs. In chapter 12, verse 20, watch. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. You can see, again, that's thinking. That is when we're getting ready to deceive somebody by our actions or by our words. That's the inner man. It's talking about the heart there. Deceit is in the heart and those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy, those who bring peace. There's a contrast there. Chapter 15 of the book of Proverbs. Chapter 15. All again to see the terminology when we're talking about the heart so that when I keep referring to the mind or our thoughts and what we take in and what comes out, we know that when I use the heart that way or thoughts, it is done interchangeably. In chapter 15, verses 13 through 15, a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. That is the inner man. And when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. When the inner man, you can look at somebody and you can tell what's going on inside by their countenance, but it's affected by the inner man, it's saying there. Verse 14, it continues. The mind of the intelligence seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart. And you can see the whole thing, 13 to 15, the heart, the mind, the interchangeableness that's there. But a cheerful heart has a continual feast. 
It is dealing with our thoughts. It is dealing with our motives. It is dealing with that which causes us uh, to respond even to God. Verse 28, same chapter. The heart of a righteous, we'll eventually see this, ponders how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked just pours out, what, evil things. Where did that come? Out of the heart. The righteous man thinks before he speaks. He doesn't just speak. But that is not true with the evil. We go to, what else have I got here? Chapter 18. Go to chapter 18 of Proverbs. Chapter 18. Verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. In other words, his thinking, he's proud. Arrogant is what is there. But humility goes before honor. That's a substance that we find in the mind, in the thinking, in the motivation. Verse 15, same chapter. The mind of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ears of the wise seek knowledge. That is where it comes in. We gather information where? The mind, and it is connected again throughout that passage with the heart as well. Go with me to chapter 22. Just a couple of more. 22. Verse 17, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge. There it's using the word mind. Now there's different Hebrew words here. I'm not saying that. But they're used interchangeably within the context is what I'm showing you to see that that is where we gather information. That is where we process information as you'll hear in just a few moments. And that is what ends up resulting in some of our actions, it is the internal uh, mind or it is the internal heart. And that's what God is telling us <clears throat> when we get back to it tonight, to guard. Chapter 27, two more, chapter 27 of Proverbs and verse 19. 27, 19. As in water, face reflects face, excuse me, so the heart of man reflects man. That is not the pump. The heart of man, the, the inner man, where his motives are, that really will come out in the man. It will reflect the man. We will again see these verses later on in our study in this area. But chapter 28 and verse 26 will be the last one for now. He who trusts in his own heart, this is a pretty good place to start, is a fool. If you're going to rely on your heart, and what probably comes back to a number of you right away is what we read in the scriptures, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? No wonder he tells us in the book of Proverbs, don't just trust in your own thinking, in your own heart. You're really a fool. And we've talked about fool and wisdom, verse 26. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. How does he walk wisely? By not trusting in his own thoughts and leaving it there. Okay, so throughout Proverbs, we're going to see this as we talk in this study. And as I said, it is a huge area. I think it's a very practical area. In my opinion, this is the area that we battle every day. And I'll be honest, you're battling it right now without even knowing what's going on in your thinking. You are battling it because I battle it as well. It is the area where we battle about God it is the area where we battle about ourselves. It is the area we battle about others. 
And it is the area we battle about truth, whether or not something is truth or not truth. It is the area that is our thoughts, our inner man, our thinking, our heart, understand this clearly, that is the area that you and I form our beliefs. That is the area that you and I, and even mankind, forms its philosophy, its standards. Everything comes from the heart. Uh, and we'll see how it's affected uh, in our study, even a little bit tonight. But I want you to understand, it's a tremendous battle every day. What we think about God, what we think about other believers, what we think about our neighbors, what we think about on the job, all of that, uh, what we think about ourselves, what we think is truth and not truth. It's all circulated in that inner man. And it is all, and that's why he's telling us to guard it. And we battle with it every day, and out of it comes the result of standards, philosophies, beliefs. Generally, I want you to understand uh, what God's insight is into the heart of man. I, I really believe our study is going to be Proverbs. Don't misunderstand that clearly. But I think the best passage of Scripture, in my opinion, to really explain what we're trying to convey to you tonight and God's insight into it is found in Matthew 15. Would you turn with me there, please? Matthew 15. In Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19. But, this is as the Lord's teaching, and he's just talking with Peter in verse 15, but in verse 18. But, the things that proceed out of the mouth, watch, they come from the heart, and those defile the man. What does that mean? Here it is, verse 19. For out of the heart, out of the inner man, comes what? Watch. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, slanders. Ouch. That's really what he's saying. These things are the things that defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. I'm going to tell you something. One of the most difficult areas of understanding the scripture in fundamentalism is this area. It is. The, the pursuit, and is a good pursuit, of establishing standards, but there are so many that just live by the outward. I'm going to make a couple of comments in a minute. And they will cross every T and dot every I, and they're wicked people. I'm not saying all fundamentalists. We don't misunderstand it. But what I'm saying is because of what's really going on inside and the way they treat other people or don't treat other people. And the Lord's summarization and insight into the heart is it's in here that those thieveries come out, that those adulteries come out, that murders come out, that evil thoughts toward other people come out. And then he illustrated it in the Sermon on the Mount. Go back with me. To Matthew chapter 5 and you'll see the illustration and this is so important to our study of Proverbs because if we don't grasp what we're dealing with we're talking about the heart 
we're not going to see the battle we face every day. And I'll be honest with you, I lose every day. Maybe not by the end of the day, I hope, but throughout the day, I lose some of the battles. And you probably do too, because we're not as sensitive to guard our heart and to be careful about what's going on inside. But in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 5 of Matthew, I just want to highlight a couple of things. So let's jump ahead of ourselves and go to verse 21. Watch. You have heard the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. That's easy. And whoever, whoever commits murder is liable for the court. Now watch this. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whosoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to, be, uh, to go into fiery hell. You see, we don't look at it that way. We see someone that commits murder, bad. Yes, it is bad. But look at what happens inside the heart. The anger, the talking, the good for nothing. Jump down to verse 27. You have heard it was said you shall not commit adultery. Watch. But I say to you, everyone who looks on a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And this is important to you to understand. I'll tell you why, even with the unsaved. Because the people that don't know God, they don't see any need to trust in God. They don't see a need to have one way of salvation through Jesus Christ. Because, why? Basically, man is trying through a system of good works to appease God. I can be good. I can, you can't be good. You say, Pastor Dan, you can't. Why? Because our heart is wicked. I would venture to say, outside of Jesus Christ, there has probably never been a man that has ever lived that has not committed adultery. Because inside is where it counts. And probably there aren't any women either. Verse 31. It was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. And on it goes. But I say to you, everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, where would that be today in our courts? I get absolutely appalled. I purposely, I do. I want you to know this. I purposely fight not to remember the number. But I do know that they changed it because it's now Divorce 213. And it's advertised on the radio. There's a number to call. If you're tired of your spouse, maybe now's the time to get the divorce. And our society is bombarding everybody with just get out of it. Really? That's what's happening. And here it says, if you've divorced, where would the courts be today? Where would marriages be? There's so many divorces for so many different reasons today. The easiest one, obviously, in our courts is unreconcilable differences. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. You just want to get rid of the marriage. What does that mean? You've already committed in God's eyes, you see? We don't look at it from God's perspective. What the unsaved needs to see is just how wicked their heart is. Why? So they might cry out to God and see that God's provision of salvation through Jesus Christ is exactly what they need. They can't save themselves, and we need the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we look at the insight that God gives in Matthew, we look at the illustration that God gives just in a couple of verses that we looked at, when we are talking about the heart, 
we need to understand a couple of things. I just jotted down some thoughts uh, for myself. Here's number one I'll give you. Many people who would never, never commit certain evil deeds, uh, 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 excuse me, commit the evil deeds or commit the evil acts of going out such as murdering somebody are absolutely filled with evil thoughts. Many. There are many people who have never murdered anyone. Many people who have never gotten a divorce. Many people who have never committed adultery. Many people who have never stolen. But their hearts are full of greed. Their hearts are full of hate. Their hearts will never forgive. Their hearts are picking apart everybody around them. And they're wicked in God's eyes. That's how hot, that's how the heart is. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to understand why God says, you better diligently guard it. You say, well, it goes away as believers, right? No. We're a new creation. We'll see that. But the battle doesn't go away. The battle doesn't go away. Let me quote to you from one of the writers that I read, and I thought this was a very, very good statement, so I'll give it to you. And here, here's what it is. And I quote, and I'll go through it slowly. Hopefully you'll grasp it. Take, take a moment, really concentrate and listen to this. Do you realize that the difference between a sincere, spirit-controlled, devoted, godly, obedient Christian, you got that? A sincere, spirit-controlled, devout, uh, devoted, godly, obedient Christian, and a defeated, weak, struggling Christian is what takes place in that person's mind. What he's saying is the defeated Christians are the ones that are losing the battle inwardly. The victorious Christians have won that battle and are winning that battle. Quote's not done. They may be attending the same church, active in the same ministries, and externally even doing the same things. But one is defeated and the other lives a spiritually, obviously fruitful life. What is the difference? The difference is their thought life. Because what is going on inside comes out of the life, and everybody sees it. Probably the best mirror for you and I might be to look ourselves in a mirror but it also might be to listen to other people's evaluation of what our spiritual life looks like. Because what's coming out is what's going on inside. It's quite a statement. That's, that was the end of the quote. See, a lot of times we would never think of doing certain things. But in our mind, we really battle. As I've been saying to you tonight, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for just a moment. I've used this verse many, many times. I have also exegeted the, the passage. 
but I've said a couple of times already tonight, the only one that really knows what's going on is God and me, God and you. One of the evidences of that is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For who among us knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? I think it's right there. Even so, the thoughts of God knows no one except the spirit of God. We could never know the things of God. But don't miss the first part of the verse. I often use this, and it's true, though, that even with the animal world, they can't understand the way a man thinks, and we can't understand the way God thinks. And that's true. That's not, that's not wrong. But what this passage is really dealing with, the only one who really knows what's going on inside is you and God. God knows it, and you know what's going on. You see, even as you're sitting there right now, I don't know if your mind's in Foxborough. I don't know if your mind's at home eating. I don't know if your mind is somewhere with somebody at work tomorrow. I don't know if your mind's on that text message. I don't know where your mind is. You do, and so does God. He knows, and we know, and that's where the battleground is. That's where we need the victory. So for tonight, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4. Take a look at verse 23. <clears throat> what is he saying to us? Tonight what I want you to see is we're dealing with that thought process, we're dealing with the inner man, we're dealing with the motives and where they come from and so forth. And he very clearly says in Proverbs chapter 4, he says, watch over your heart. To watch over. It is to keep it. <clears throat> it is to protect it. It is to care for it. Let's be honest. Do we ever think of that when we get up in the morning? I want to be careful of what goes into my mind. I want to be careful. Do you ever think about that when you sit down and watch TV? I really want to be careful about what I'm going to watch because it's going to go into the inner man and begin to affect. I really want to watch what I read because whatever I read is going to infiltrate my thinking and go into the process. And, and what am I filling my life with? Or do we just get up in our day and we go along and then we find we heard about this, we saw this, we did this, and all of a sudden we're forming opinions, not guiding our heart, and our heart is drifting off into sin. He not only says watch over it and keep it, he says do it with all diligence. Do it with all vigilance. Why? It's the source of all our behavior. We just saw that in, in Matthew, and I've been saying that to you. It is what will result in what comes out. You will never, let me just use a practical illustration. You will never, ever, ever even think, I'm not telling you to do this or not do that, but you will never even think of going to buy a lottery ticket if there's no lust in the first place or if there's no greed, or if there's no desire to look someplace else. You won't even think about it. If there's no lust for another woman, the act won't ever come. It won't ever come. It's the source of all our behavior. We need to watch over it. We need to be diligent. Um, we need to restrain, if you will, our thinking. What this whole concept is in the first part of that verse it means to keep a sharp lookout. Keep a sharp lookout for someone or for something. Or, put it this way, to hold that in custody. Hold what in custody? Our heart. 
It's really a picture in this verse, in verse 23, as best I can try to illustrate it to you, it's really a picture of a prison. You say, what? Yeah. That if you have some, someone in prison or something that you've been entrusted with to God, you are to be vigilant with your life. And you were to watch, and anybody that could come and possibly threaten to get that prisoner or to get that thing that you're protecting, you get in arms against it. That's the picture. And it's what you find as you look in Scripture when you see people that lose their lives when they did not protect. Remember even Paul. That was how he tried to assure the soldier. Paul was put in and trusted. He was to God. That's the picture here. He was to God and keep with all vigilance at his life's risk, the apostle Paul. And when he came out of the prison, Paul had to say, don't take your life. Why? Because that soldier knew I had to guard this that diligently. I couldn't fall asleep on the job. I couldn't ignore those who would come and threaten my heart. I couldn't ignore anything that would do that. I need to think of that. I need to keep watchful care over what is inside, over my thought process. As I shared with the men, and I want to share with you, this is the way it works, uh, really, to give it to you, that what happens is the way our mind and our heart works in simple language is this. It makes observations in the world that we live in. It gathers information. This is as simple as I could have put it to the men and I can put it to you. Our mind and heart, we make observations every day, all the time. We gather information from sources, be they good or bad. And not just the Bible is the only good source, but I mean, same, be the same thing in a medical profession. You gather information or, or on your job and it's good or it's bad. You gather this, your mind takes it in and you store it. Then what happens is your mind processes it. So first of all, if we're going to guard our heart and mind, as we will see in Proverbs, we're going to have to guard what we're observing. We're going to have to guard the information that we're taking in. And once that's stored, the mind processes it this way. It tries to evaluate what it's observed and taken in. It categorizes it, and it forms a judgment, yes or no. And then what happens? That judgment will result in our actions in our decisions. It all goes inside. You know, not just young people, I want those with gray hair, including myself, to hear this. Our, if we're going to guard our heart and mind, we have to watch where we go. We have to watch what we see. We have to be careful about what we're listening to. We have to be careful who we're with. Why? Because all of that is the observation. You will find even people going astray on standards in philosophy when you see that they've taken the philosophy of the world and they're strayed from the word of God. It's because they've taken that input and basically said this, that is more valuable than this. Or, this says this, that says this. I can't reconcile them. I have to do something. And some will process and say, well, chapter 3, verse 5, I'll trust in the Lord with all my heart. I won't lean on my own understanding. 
Others will say, no, I processed it. This is what I will do. That's how the mind and heart works. In other words, as one other writer put it, and I'll give you this, it was a different writer, he said, all sin is first, it was interesting, all sin is first incubated in the mind. That's kind of consistent with what James says. Sin ends up getting its fruit later on, but it all starts with the inward man and the lust. Turn with me to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. You see? Think of that quote I just gave you. All sin first is incubated in the mind or the heart. Look at verse 18 of chapter 6. He says, the heart devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil. Where did that start? In the heart. The plan started inward. So when I, when you, get involved in sin, when we do something we shouldn't do, violate God's law, violate a parent law, our parent request, where did that all start? It started in our mind and process where we thought we either knew better we didn't like the information we got. We were going to go our way and do our things. And why I'm dealing with this, and it's so practical to our personal life, all of us, and it's a battle we have every day. So tonight I want you to go away with a positive thing before we begin to study this in the book of Proverbs, and that is this. Above all things, as you go into this week, what are we to do? What am I to do? Guard with all diligence. Be vigilant. Be careful of what is going on inside. And what do I do if I find myself with evil thoughts and going down the wrong path? Confess it to the Lord. What do I do if I haven't come to Christ? You won't get those out of there. Only God can change that heart. And that's why he changes it. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are able now to have the mind of God, the scriptures tell us, because we've come to trust in Christ. He's the one that's made it possible for that to happen. But might we this week guard that because it is going to eventually affect the actions that we take. And God says we're to guard it with all diligence and vigilance, just like someone, if we were put over the trust of someone that was in prison. Well, we're put over the trust of the inward heart. And we have the power of God and the spirit of God and the ability to win the battle. The battle's real, it's found in the book of Ephesians, but the center of that attack is our thinking. So might God help us this week to do that, to guard that. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the word of God, that it is practical. Father, I know that there's so often that people can see one thing on the outside of us, they can see the one thing on the outside of me when inside it's nothing like the outside. Father, you know the thoughts and intents of the heart. Your word is able to penetrate into that. Help us to be diligent, to open our heart before you. When there is sinful thoughts, when things are like that, help us not to act on it, but to confess it to you directly. And Father, as David cried out, as other prophets cried out, that we might have a changed heart that we might have a, a heart that's conforming to the image and likeness of God. 
Help us this week. There'll be battles every day. Help us to watch our thought process, our inner man, our motives, so that, Father, we would be pleasing to you. Guide us now this evening. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.